Welcome back to Brainstorm, the Medi Minds podcast. I'm Varun. I'm Jaynam. And I'm Pratisha. This week's podcast features a very special guest, Dr. Samir Chopra. He's a psychiatrist at the VA San Diego Healthcare System, working in the Oceanside Community-Based Outpatient Clinic. Dr. Chopra, welcome to Brainstorm. Thank you. Good to be here. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself before we begin? Sure. Um, like you mentioned, I'm a psychiatrist out near in Oceanside. I, I do outpatient work, and I've been here for about uh, just under two years. All right. Uh, we're going to be discussing the working life of a psychiatrist and how the COVID pandemic has affected your clinic. So first off, how has your quarantine been? So in terms specifically of clinic, um, we're, we've shifted to all kind of telehealth. So I'm working strictly from home and it's been an adjustment um, for both, you know, me and the veterans, the patients, um, and then just in general life, I, I imagine I'm in the same boat as kind of everyone else dealing with the quarantine. Yeah. So a lot of our viewers might not know exactly what a psychiatrist does. So could you give a brief overview of that? Sure. So a psychiatrist is a uh, specific branch of medicine. So after medical school, you kind of pick what branch of medicine you want to go into, for example, internal medicine, surgery, psychiatry. So I pick psychiatry and um, psychiatry focuses on mental health. So I am a medication provider uh, primarily for certain disorders or mental health disorders like major depression, um, generalized anxiety, bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, um, and we also deal with a lot of substance use disorders. Um, so that's kind of what we do. Nice. Um, so can you just tell us just some of the most typical cases that you encounter um, on a daily basis in the clinic? Sure. So um, the VA is definitely um, heavier towards PTSD um, just because of our population, you know, veterans seeing a lot of trauma and war. And um, I would say that makes up probably, you know, at least a good 30 to 40% of our patients. Um, along with PTSD, you know, there's a lot of substance use that comes with it. We find a lot of people kind of turn to alcohol primarily to maybe try and help kind of cope with symptoms, maybe even before seeking treatment or during treatment. Um, and then, um, you know, there's a lot of comorbid depression that comes with PTSD, a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Um, and then, you know, you do see maybe to a lesser degree, maybe some schizophrenia and some bipolar but I think, I think kind of trauma is, is probably one of the most common ones we see. All right. Uh, could you explain to us what got you into psychiatry? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we have a whole family full of doctors and, and it kind of just kind of just fell into me where, where I kind of went into medicine is kind of what you know your whole life. And um, my sister's a psychiatrist, my cousin's a psychiatrist, and they were kind of talking to me about kind of what they do. Um, during during my psychiatry rotations, I found it to be pretty interesting, and then um, I definitely, you know, appreciate the work-life balance that comes with being a psychiatrist as well, which was also very important to me. So I think that's what kind of navigated me towards it. And then in residency, we rotated um, at the VA, and I really I really just liked it there. Um, I liked the system. I got along with the veterans pretty well, so I feel like it was a good fit for me coming out looking for jobs. Yeah, so I imagine like any other job, there's going to be like a few challenges. And so how do you manage the stress of your job? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, that's the million dollar question. How do you manage stress? Um, you know, you just, you just, I think, I think as you've been practicing for, for longer and longer, you learn um, to kind of just learn to, to recognize maybe what's important to be stressed about, what's important to devote your attention to, um, and just try to accept things that you can't change. 
and and you know you're going to be anxious you're going to be stressed it just comes with the territory of, of jobs of life so i think the key is is just trying to accept um what you can control um and just recognize things aren't always going to go smoothly nice um so i'm sure that throughout your residency and your career um, you've met some like amazing patients and built some great relationships so what part of psychiatry do you find personally most gratifying um i like seeing patients actually um, getting better, appreciating the care. Um, I think, I think just being there for someone is very powerful. I think a lot of, um, you know, my patients have appreciated the fact they, they always kind of say, you know, we, we, we feel like we're, we're listened to. I really appreciate that. And I think, um, with, with mental health, just kind of trying to be there for someone, even if you can't quote unquote help them, just kind of try to empathize with them, try to try to be in their shoes, um, um, and, and just kind of, uh, just kind of seeing them feel better as treatment goes on, I think has been the most gratifying. All right. Well, after spending some time as a psychiatrist, do you ever wish that you may have gone into a different path? Why or why not? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I've, I've been through all the, the rotations while in med school and, and, you know, I just always felt the most comfortable in, um, kind of the psychiatry setting and, and also, you know, I'm not. I'm not a guy that likes to be in the hospital. I'm not a guy that likes to, to kind of do procedures, um, things like that. So I think psychiatry was just a great fit for me. So no, no regrets at all. Yeah, so uh, going back to what's going on in the world right now, how has your clinic been affected by the pandemic? And have you been able to see more or less people come in for a consultation? Yeah, so our clinic is now primarily doing telehealth. So the VA system has their own video system. Um, the VA is pushing to get people back into the clinic at a slow rate, but psychiatry is not um, one of the, the fastest ones to get back in because we don't actually need to be in person to see some people. So um, I think the, the video system is sufficient. I think it actually... Um, helping access because a lot of people do have access to to technology which makes it a lot easier for people to not have to drive into the clinic to not have to kind of you know brave traffic or find reasons not to go when they can literally just go to their bedroom and turn on their computer um, some of the challenges have been for kind of the older veterans um, that aren't really versed in technology or have trouble using the technology so um, we'll just do phone calls for them but I think overall, it's kind of reduced the no-show rate, and it's um, actually improved access for a lot of people. Great. So um, after the pandemic subsides and people are able to like, go back to normal life, do you think the clinic and other healthcare practices will stay like on this telemedicine route just because it's giving more patients simply more access um, to their physicians? Yeah, I think it depends what specialty. I think definitely, for, I, at least for psychiatry, I can see it kind of going more towards telehealth just for those reasons, like you're saying, to provide more access, more care. But I think for, for other specialties where you may need to do procedures, maybe more physical exams um, that are maybe more kind of in-person necessary, I think they'll probably go back. But they also may find a way to kind of figure out where they can do um, telehealth appointments versus doing kind of in-person appointments. And I could definitely maybe see a shift in all fields, maybe to a lesser degree outside of psychiatry, but to telehealth. All right. Well, since we've been under quarantine and shelter in place for about four months now, uh, have you noticed a shift in the mental health of your patients or even, you know, in your uh, colleagues? 
Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's it's a different answer for different people. So um, you know, people with PTSD, for example, they they are a little bit irritable in crowds, or they don't like being around people because it makes them anxious. So I think you know, I hear some people say, you know, I'm actually doing better at home. I'm less irritable. I kind of like it, but you know, I'll say that may sound like a good thing, but, but we can talk about that later, um, but it's actually maybe not the best thing. And then for other people, like like young moms or people that have, you know, kids where all of a sudden now they're thrust being the teacher and, and kind of on top of their normal duties, and now they have to do a ton of other stuff. Um, I'm finding those people to be um, struggling a little bit more. So I think, I think it kind of just depends who you ask or, or what population. You think for students like us, do you have like any ways that we can improve our mental well-being for those people who like might be struggling shelter, uh, doing shelter in place? So I think that, you know, I, I don't have the best answer. I wish I knew the answer to that question. But I think one of the most important things I found is just kind of being there for someone is very powerful, even if you don't have the answer or even if you can't, you know, give them exactly what you think they need in that moment, but just trying to really understand what someone's going through and, and kind of just saying stuff like, I, I can really under, I'm really trying to understand what you're going through. It sounds like you're really struggling, you know, anything I can do, I want to be here for you. Just kind of showing that like you're, like you're kind of in the hole with them there. I think that goes a long way if, if you're, if you're trying to help others. And I think it's also important to, to take care of yourself too. Um, so you got to take care of yourself too, to be able to help take care of others. Of course. And so recently our school district has turned to fully online education and I imagine other districts will too as well in the area. And so for the fall semester, the issue of students' mental health is, as we've seen, a, like a bit worsening due to prolonged social isolation and, and conflicts at home. So as a psychiatrist, would you say the public, what could you say the public would be able to, to, to do to address the situation? Well, you know, I would say, um, you know, if, if people are ever struggling, I would say just, you know, first and foremost, always reach out to someone, um, whether it be a friend, a parent, someone you trust. And, and I would say, don't, don't shy away from, from seeking treatment. You know, if you're feeling, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling anxious, try not to avoid those feelings, try to embrace those feelings and, and, and try to get help from, you know, when you, when you try to avoid anxiety or when you try to avoid feeling depression, it makes you feel more anxious or it makes you feel more guilty. So I think, I think first step is it's okay to feel how you feel. And, and then in terms of, of getting treatment, just reach out to someone, whether it be needing to talk to someone and they can refer you on if they feel like they need to, to a psychiatrist, if they feel like, you know, further in interventions with medications are needed, but but I would say first, just acknowledge just kind of the feelings that you do have and, and, and reaching out to someone if you're starting to recognize that they are starting to affect your day-to-day -day life. All right. Um, well, going back to what you said about your patients before um, and those with PTSD, could you go into that a little further? Sure. I think, you know, PTSD, there's a heavy avoidance component and and it's it's hard to kind of, it's hard to, to kind of dealt you know, delve right back into how you used to be or kind of how you used to function because now you have this, this heightened, heightened sense of kind of awareness and this anxiety that comes with it. So when you, when you have kind of this isolation and now you don't have to deal with that on those uncomfortable feelings, you think you feel better, but maybe you're not really feeling better. You're just kind of avoiding. So I think the key is, is just to try to be cognizant of that. 
And, and I think I can parallel that to with your previous question is, is to try not to kind of avoid your feelings, but kind of delve into them to try and get the better help. So I caution people and I say, you know, I know, you, I know you're saying you're feeling better, but just try and continue to try and push yourself a little bit um, and be a little bit uncomfortable to continue to try and get better and not avoid the anxiety feelings. Because avoidance of anxiety or, or being in positions to avoid kind of those negative feelings doesn't mean you're necessarily getting better. It just means you're kind of prolonging the inevitable sometimes. So don't want to make any blanket statements, but, but that's kind of what I mean. All right. Sounds good. Um, so a lot of um, our viewers are interested in a medical career, but they often have kind of like a tough time at visualizing the entire path of becoming a physician since the road is so long. So just looking back um, just for yourself at your high school, undergraduate uh, medical career, a uh, medical school and residency, which part would you say was um, like the most difficult to handle this in terms of stress? And then which part was um, like paid off the end? Um, stress, I, I always think kind of the, uh, the way the system is, you know, the, the testing, they, they look at scores. So I think that was kind of always the, the stressful part for me personally. I know other people, um, don't find that to be stressful. Um, and then in terms of, in terms of payoff, I would say, um, you know, just kind of seeing the end result and kind of seeing, you know, where my life is now and, and kind of where I've ended up because of this time, I'm very grateful for it and kind of the life it's afforded. Um, and I think for people that are feeling stressed out about going into med school and, and kind of pursuing that path, I think, I think it's a good, it's a normal feeling to have. It's, it's actually probably a good feeling to be a little bit stressed out about things. And, um, I would just, I would just tell people if you're, if you're thinking about going into it, just talk to a lot of people, see what this, see what the process entails. I think a lot of the anxiety comes from not really knowing what the process entails, but once you kind of do know what it is, you kind of just, you know, do the best you can and, and kind of the chips will fall where they may as long as you're kind of working hard at it. Sweet. Okay. And this is just for our last question, Dr. Chopra. I know you kind of mentioned some stuff, but um, do you have any kind of like life advice to give our high school listeners who may be interested in pursuing a medical career? No, you guys, you guys are doing a phenomenal. I actually have questions for you guys. So I want to know a little bit more about you. Uh, can you tell me more about how you guys got interested in, in mental health and, and starting this podcast specifically regarding mental health? Sure. Um, so Jadam and I specifically, we're both part of um, this organization on campus called Peer Resource. Um, so Mission is kind of, it has this stereotype of um, being known as a really stressful school. Um, the majority demographic is Asian. I think about 90 to 95% of the students are Asian and um, the competitiveness kind of the cutthroat nature of the school kind of leaves people kind of lacking on the mental health side because they pile up on like school um, extracurriculars trying to get into college so they kind of don't value their mental health as much and we've definitely seen that problem like in school with depression social um, social anxiety so um, our school decided to start this organization that was mainly run by students to kind of provide a support support system um, for others. We have this program called the peer mentor system, which Janum, do you want to maybe talk about a little bit? As far as I know, it's basically just like uh, students basically come and become peer mentors for other students. And they basically just uh, spend a little time with them during breaks, during the school day and like talk to them as friends, as mentors. Uh, to kind of, you know, keep them calm, keep them uh, stable, 
in terms of their health, mental health. Yeah, I think a lot of students, at least um, for me, especially, it's hard to reach out to like adults um, or teachers to talk about problems just because you feel like they can't really relate. If you're talking to a student, especially one at mission who's going through the same thing, um, the relatability factor is like makes it a lot easier to open up and kind of take their advice that they give. Um, for me personally, I'm um, the officer of the Student Wellness Committee, mm-hmm. and we're, we focus on just doing some activities um, throughout the school year that kind of lessen the stress um, on campus. We have these events um, during breaks where kids can kind of just relax, talk with their friends, and just kind of forget about like school and SATs and all that other stuff. All right, and going back to our website and podcast, so that was kind of an interesting thing. So I've always wanted to write online for some reason, but I could never figure out what. And just during quarantine, I kind of figured out, oh, we can write about medicine and maybe mental health because Varun and I are really interested in like neuroscience and psychology and that sort of uh, sector of medicine and we just kind of started the website from there and then the podcast was kind of Pratusha's idea where she really just wanted to start one and you know, we kind of rolled with it and we actually had a guest last time who was one of our friends um, and he's a he's going to be a sophomore at UCSB so yeah. Yeah and so since I'm gonna be majoring in business i I was able to like see this as like a creative outlet for Rune and Janem. So I was able to help them like set up the website, set up the podcast and just like see where this goes in the future. Awesome. So you guys are all working hand in hand to, to kind of reach your own goals. And it seems like it's, it's, it's really helpful to a lot of people. So it's really awesome to hear. And um, I think kind of going back to your question just a little bit more is, you know, just reaching out or just having those forums available is probably more helpful than you guys even know. And, 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 you know, just, just when you guys talk about things, there might be that those couple of quiet kids. Cause I know I was one of them that, that was maybe struggling with things or, or didn't know how to kind of vocalize, but just kind of hearing that other people are going through things as well. It's very helpful for a lot of people in general, because you always kind of it's human nature, I think, to assume that everyone else doesn't have your problems or everyone else is doing a lot better than you. Um, so just kind of just kind of point it out and, and kind of having an open forum. I think that's just a, a really good way to continue to, to to really help your fellow students out. So so just want to commend you guys there. So, so great job on that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dr. Dr. Chopra, thank you so much um, for taking some time to talk to us. And thank you all so much for listening to our fourth podcast. Um, let us know in the Dear Editor forum at manyminds.org. If you guys have any questions, comments, or topics you want us to discuss in the future.